I have two readings this evening. <clears throat> the first reading is in Revelation chapter 16. And I say to do this justice, we could take all month on this one topic. But this is an overview. I want to let you know that you'll see where we are in world events and history this evening. Revelation chapter 16, beginning to read at verse 12. And the angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. Please take note of the very language, the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils. Notice that. Working miracles or signs which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world. Notice the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. Our second reading is in the book of Ezekiel. Turn to the prophecy of Ezekiel, please. And chapter 38. Ezekiel chapter 38. We have a lengthy reading here, so bear with me. Beginning to read at verse 1. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. And say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. And I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth and all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor. Even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya with them. All of them with shield and helmet. Gomer and all his bands, the house of Togarma of the north quarters, and all his bands and many people with thee. Be thou prepared. And prepare for thyself thy and all thy company that are assembled unto thee. And be thou a guard unto them. After many days thou shalt be visited in the latter years. Notice the days. In the latter years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword. And is gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel. Which have been always waste. But it is brought forth out of the nations and they shall dwell safely, all of them. Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land, thou and all thy bands and many people with thee. Thus saith the Lord God, It shall also come to pass at that, at, that at the same time shall things come into thy mind, and thou shalt think or devise an evil thought, and thou shalt say, I will go up, notice the direction, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest and dwell safely, 
all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates, to take a spoil and to take a prey, to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations which have gotten cattle and goods that dwell in the midst of the land. Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish with all the young lions thereof shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey? to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take away great spoil. Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say unto Gog, Thus saith the Lord God, In that day when my, when my people of Israel dwelleth safely, shalt thou not know it, and thou shalt come from thy place out of the north parts, thou and many people with thee, all of them riding upon horses, a great company and a mighty army. And thou shalt come up against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land. And it shall be, notice, in the latter days. And I will bring thee against my land, that the heathen may know me when I shall be sanctified in thee, O Gog, before their eyes. We know the Lord will Bless the reading of his own word. But will you keep your Bibles open there? For we will be referring to this a little later on. But let us pray. Eternal Father, we ask you now that you would settle our hearts and settle our minds, Lord. That you would open our minds to the things that we're about to say. Lord, that we would know that your word is truth. Lord, that you would show these events that are happening even in our very world this evening, Lord. That your word, Lord, knows the beginning to the ending thereof. Father, that you are still in control, still on the throne, and that your Son is returning soon. We do pray, Lord, that if there's one here that is not ready for the second coming of the Lord Jesus, Lord, that before this night be over, Lord, may they be concerned for their soul's security and salvation, and may they come to saving faith in thee. We love you, and we worship you, we praise you, and we exalt you. There's none like the Lord this evening, we ask it, Father, giving you thanks as always. In Jesus' name, amen. Ezekiel chapter 38 gives us a picture. 700 to 1,000 years, 700 years before the coming or the first coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ezekiel is in captivity and he's in Babylon at the time, yet the Lord shows him that which will befall us. Notice we said at the latter years in verse 8 and at the last days or years later on in the chapter. When were the last days and when are the latter years? Today, the day that you and I are living in, from the death, burial and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, has been known as the last days or the latter years. There has been a build-up and things have been sliding and progressing towards what we call Armageddon, World War III, or the battle of that great day of God Almighty. This is the battle of battles, the war to finish all other wars. This is the one which will destroy all of humanity and mankind on the entire planet that we call earth if it were not for the coming 
of the Lord Jesus Christ again to set up his wonderful kingdom on planet earth. Christ is returning. He is even at the very door, as we hear many say. Ezekiel is shown this 2,700 or so years before it even happens. By the spirit of prophecy, God shows him the nations that are involved. And these nations tonight are the nations that you and I are seeing even on our television screens, whether it's CNN, BBC, ITV, Sky News, the newspapers, everywhere you go, you're hearing of these nations. But the identification of the nations from their ancient names unto their modern names is very important that you and I can piece, as it were, this puzzle together. You see, when God shows the prophet a certain vision, he shows other prophets visions that they only realized and recognized in their day. For example, in Psalm 91, Psalm 91 in verse 1 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 5 says, Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. Listen to what verse 7 of Psalm 91 says. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Here the prophet sees an arrow flying through the air. An arrow which has great devastation and destruction enough to slay 1,000 people and even 10,000 people in one go. What is this prophetic vision? It's none other than what we are reading when our arms have got to such a powerful state in our world today that 10,000 to destroy with one missile or rocket is absolutely nothing. The prophet doesn't understand what a missile is. Hadn't been invented yet. He sees a great arrow flying through the air with great destruction. So also we're told that those who are in the Lord and abiding in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That those who are in Christ, those who are redeemed with precious blood, they are saved. They are safe and they are secure. Does that mean none of us will die in a war like this? No, it doesn't mean that at all. It means that we are eternally secure in our Lord Jesus Christ. So here the prophet sees an arrow that flieth by day or night with great destruction in a single time. Verse 4 of our reading, Ezekiel 38 the Lord gives it a structure, uh, 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 an example through the prophet. He says, And I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth and all thine army. Notice horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. What God showed the prophet that would befall in the latter years, our years, today, this day that you and I are living in, would be horses and horsemen or great armies 
that would come against God's people. That would come against also God's land. And here we have an army that will come from the north parts. So in Ezekiel chapter 38, we have two groups of nations, two conglomerate of nations. We have two sides of these nations coming together to battle. The center of this battle, or the very trigger, the reason reason and the focal point of it all, is the city of Jerusalem and of Palestine. Initially, that's where the powder keg is in the city of Jerusalem. Let us identify some of these peoples that will come against the land of Israel. Ezekiel 38 verses 1 to 3 says, The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog. Notice the name, Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. And say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. Now here God is saying and actually pointing out a people whom he is against. God said to the prophet, set your face to Gog, the land of Magog, to the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and tell them, Almighty God is against thee. That God has an anger that would rise up in fury and judgment in his face, and that he is against them. Here we have the land of Gog and, of course, someone called Gog. Now, we're told in a revised version, 1885, it says, Son of man, set thy face against, not Gog, but the prince of Rosh. R-O-S-H. Set thy face against the prince of Rosh. Rosh is a Hebrew word which is akin to the word leader. To the leader of Rosh, or it also means to the chief, to the chief leader of Rosh. He says, set your face to the chief leader of Rosh and prophesy against him. The root word for Rosh, R-O-S-H, is the word Rus, R-U-S-S. Now in verse 15 of Ezekiel 38, we're told of this great land and where it is. It says, And thou shalt come from thy place. Notice, out of the north parts, thou and many people with thee. So here we have Ross, Ross, or Gog and Magog, that is to the north of Jerusalem or the Holy Land. And this great army will come from the north parts down initially toward the land of Israel. The names Gog and Magog, Meshach and Tubal then, we have to account for them. We're told by the Reverend W.M.H. Milner. He says that the word Gog, G-O-G, the O in it is a vowel, should not be in the Hebrew. But it's placed there to give the idea of something that is big, massive and gigantic. So the Gog is an elongated O. Set thy face against Gog, the prince of Meshach and Tubal. May Gog, it's a big, 
massive, colossal area. So north, gigantic, massive, colossal, whose root name means R-S-S, Rus. It is believed by all Bible students that I have been studying over these years that it is the land of Russia. Russia is to the north. Russia is the Gog and the Magog, the leader of Russia. God says, I am against thee. Now here's something that I want to say before I go any further. Out of the nations that we will mention tonight, God has an elect people. And God will save those that he has elect unto himself out of Russia or any other nation. But nationally speaking, we are speaking that God is against Russia and their evil devices. The Colossus of the North, the colossal nation army, Gog and Magog, and they are what's known as Japhethic in origin. If you're wondering what Japhethic is, you'll remember the great flood of Shem, Ham and Japheth, and Noah get into the flood, into the ark at the flood with their wives, and the ark rested on Mount Ararat, and we're told that Noah's three sons, Shem, Ham and Japheth, came out of the ark. Japheth went northward and over to the eastward. Ham went around where the, where Arab nations would be towards North Africa, and then of course we had the Shemites, who were also Hebrew of Israel's stock. So here we have the Jephrethic people who will come against Shem. Here we have two great camps, the camp of Noah's two sons of Japheth and Ham, and you will have the camp of the Shemite race. Here we have a great uh, nations coming together. This great battle will take place at the last days. So if you were to consult an ancient map, it'll tell you that Rosh, and Gog, Magog, Meshach and Tubal are all situated along the Russian, the country we know as Russia today. In fact, Meshach is known as the ancient name for Moscow and, and uh, Tubal is the ancient name for Tobolsk, the second city of Russia. Now listen, people say the Russian bear of communism is dead. Don't you be fooled by that. Don't you be fooled. For many people after the fall of communism in Russia, as they say, they laughed at this Bible. They laughed at this message. They said, see, the Bible is not true. But let me say, you're going to end up tonight seeing what Russia is really getting up to. Russia will also not attack the land of Israel Russia will attack Canada and America. I'm going to show you that tonight. In fact, there's a war almost ready to take place. I'll show you that tonight, right up to date to this month. The Lord willing, and you bearing with me. So here we have Russia attacking, coming from the north toward Jerusalem. And God says, I am against thee. Russian bear has licked its wounds. Communism is still rife. Oh, they say they're democratic and all this stuff. Don't you be fooled, for the Russian bear will then start to move again. The Russian bear has gathered its strength, its claws are out, and it is ready to attack the Kremlin. When it was under Vladimir Putin, it seems as if, well, now he's now stood down. Don't you be fooled by that either. Vladimir Putin and the KGB are still very active in Russia and along the bordering countries. 
and nations. Russia is regrouping again, and it will come against the land of Israel as an initial thought. Now look at Ezekiel 38 again with me. Here is those who will come with Russia. Verse 5 says, Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya, with them, all of them with shield and helmet. In other words, heavily armed. They will come with Russia. Gomer and all his bands, the house of Togarma, the north, of the north quarters, notice the north quarters, and all his bands, and many people with thee. Now I want to try, if I can, to my best of my ability, to show you who these nations are. To show you that these nations on your news when you go home or tomorrow when you turn on the news and you hear these nations, you will see that the coming of the Lord is drawing nigh. You will see these nations are gathering together. This confederacy will come against the land of Israel. Persia is the first one. Persia is what we call today Iran. In fact, I, I Persia was bigger than Iran. I think it was about 1935, if I'm thinking right. It was only called Iran. It, it actually encom- encompassed much of Iraq. It was a bigger nation. So here we have Iran will come with Russia. The alliance is not that it will be made. The alliance with Russia is already made. And in fact, it is getting stronger. Persia or Iran will come with Russia. In fact, uh, Iran's capability to build the nuclear weapons and nuclear warheads is even already completed. Don't be fooled again what the newspapers are telling you. They think in five years they already have the capability to make the arrow that flieth by day that Psalm 91 talks about that can slay not only 1,000 but 10,000 or many thousands. Iran already has that capability to be able to make that rocket. How did they get their capability? Simple. Russia gave them the capability to be able to make the very warheads. It is known fact that Russia gave them the very know-how to make their nuclear missiles. Now, here's something else for you to think about. When they were going to sanction Iran, they says we will put impose sanctions by NATO upon Iran. Three nations in general, the two main ones who withstood, not only from they wanted to imply the sanctions, but they would not intervene militarily, were these three nations. One was Russia. The second one was China, the great communist China. And the third one was Germany. There are your three nations that would not impose uh, military action against Iran. Russia gave Persia their ability. And they have a link together already. So here we have Ethiopia is also mentioned. Now Ethiopia is known as Kush. Ethiopia is not just the country today that we know as Ethiopia. But it's the whole northern part of North Africa. It encompasses Morocco, Tunisia, Algeria, Libya, Sudan, Egypt, Ethiopia. Sound familiar on your television screens? 
Sound familiar of the rebellious uprisings that are happening? How did they all happen so soon? A skirmish in Tunisia ends up in in the, 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 the president of Ethiopia being taken out from authority. It goes to Libya and now there's war. Cush is Ham, the other son of Noah. I don't know, do we have the, the CD? You'll see the North African one. You'll see, just to give you an idea, all of these nations are the nations you hear on your news that are uh, in trouble, that are in turmoil. It'll take a moment for it to come up. Not that one, one of North Africa, please. This one here, there we are. All of those nations are the Arab nations. Who are the Arab nations? The Arab nations all come from Ishmael. Ishmael was the one who lay with Hagar's son when Abraham jumped the gun and slept with Sarah, Abraham's wife's handmaid. And this is what we get when we don't obey the word of the Lord. All of these nations will come against God's land. They will also join up with Iran. Iran will be the next two country, next country over here will be Iran. And then you have Afghanistan. Here's a thing for you. When America went into Afghanistan, and they went into Iraq before that, they said they were going in for weapons of mass destruction, that arrow that flieth by day, that arrow that flieth by night. They said they went in to find them and found none in Iraq. They said they went in then to Afghanistan, which would be all over here to the right. They went in there to fight against uh, world terrorism. And the two nations in between that, what nation stands in the middle? But Persia, Iran, as a both sides. Here we have Iraq, you would have Iran, you will have Afghanistan. And America has 50,000 troops in Afghanistan ready to come from east to west. We have troops in Iraq ready to go from west to east. And down below here at Yemen, off there you'll see a little island, which is Bahrain. Sound familiar again on your news? Bahrain holds the fifth fleet of the naval fleet of the United States of America. So here we have them coming right up from the south to the north. See how the nations are fitting together? See how the Bible is coming alive? Here Russia will be involved with all of these. So then we must move on. There is another group of people then that will come against that group of people. The Shammite people will come and fight against them. Let's go to Ezekiel 38 then. Ezekiel 38 says, verse 13, here's the group that comes against them. Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish with all the young lions thereof shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take away a great spoil? Here this other gathering of company of nations then, they come against those nations we have spoken of. Sheba and Dedan, they are a little harder maybe to trace, but some people think from First Kings chapter 10, we have round by Lower Yemen where we also have the Queen of Sheba who came to visit Solomon and seen the great temple. Some people think that Sheba and Dedan were also those when Abraham married a woman called Keturah 
And Keturah had other sons who are then of Hebrew or Shemitic stock who went towards Afghanistan, India, around that area. Now there are groups there that will say, Art thou come to take a spoil? What are you coming for and what are you coming against? So here we have Sheba and Dedan. Now notice this one. And the merchants of Tarshish with all the young lions thereof. This one is disputed over. I don't know why the big dispute, but it is disputed over. Who are the merchants of Tarshish and the young lions thereof? I've heard people say this is Tunis and Tunisia. Now listen, it is not Tunis and Tunisia. Tunis and Tunisia are Arabics. They come with the other horde against God's land. Who are they then? Some people say it is Tartessus in Spain. And well, it could be, but listen. Tarsus is linked with islands and with a great naval fleet. Now let me give you some scriptures to show this. Some think that in the days of Solomon and Bible days, they were just in little kayaks going round and round in circles, out a mile to sea and back again. They went on great ocean liner voyages for three years. The Bible tells us this. First Kings chapter 9, verse 26 tells us, that King Solomon made a navy of ships. Notice, in Zion and Geber. Here is a great navy that was made by King Solomon. First Chronicles chapter 20, verses 35 and 36, tells us that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, and Ahaziah, the king of Israel, joined forces. Now note that. Here is Israel and Judah, two separate nations. Here they are two sisters in the Bible. They are two sticks. Israel are carried away captive and Judah are left behind. And here they are but still living in the land. And they come together, it says, to make ships to go to Tarshish. Verse 37 says, And the ships were broken that they were not able to go. In other words, the great journey they were on, these great ships were broken up by stormy seas. Second Chronicles tells us this. Chapter 9, verse 21. The king's ships went to Tarshish with the servants of Huram every three years. Notice that. Once came the ships of Tarshish bringing gold, silver, ivory, and apes and peacocks. Here they go on great journeys for three years. For three solid years it takes them to go on great sailing voyages. So this great naval fleet went on these missions for such a long time. If you read the book of Jonah, remember Jonah when the Lord told him to go and cry against Nineveh? Nineveh were in the Assyrian, uh, was the Assyrian, one of the Assyrian capital cities. And Nineveh were the enemy of the northern kingdom or house of Israel. And Jonah says, if they get saved... If they turn from their ways, in other words, they're going to come and attack our people. And he runs, goes to Joppa, they get onto a ship to flee where? Onto Tarsus. Now notice what it says in Jonah chapter 1 and verse 3. But Jonah rose up to flee onto Tarsus, listen, from the presence of the Lord. Jonah rose up to flee onto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. Here's something you need to know, brothers and sisters. You cannot flee from the presence of the Lord. 
But in those days, I'm told that around the Mediterranean region, they believe, I don't say Jonah believed this, for he was a prophet of the Lord. But many of the religions around there believed that if you sailed far enough, and you went outside the pillars of Hercules, then you were outside of God's jurisdiction, his judgments, and you were outside of the presence of the Lord. Where are the pillars of Hercules? The pillars of Hercules are known today as the Straits of Gibraltar. You go to the Straits of Gibraltar, there's two great rocks, and they're called the pillars of Hercules. Here's a little thing for you. I was there and I went into this cave, St. Michael's Cave. And I went and it just looked like bottomless pit. You couldn't see the, the very bottom of it. You know what they used to call it? The very Greek uh, philosophers called it also the gates of hell. And Jesus says, I will build my church in the gates of hell, or yet he shall not prevail against it. You know, we know that he's speaking of the, the, the things that would befall his church in the persecution. But I'm just wondering, with these ships going out and gathering tin and copper from, uh, from around the coastlands and all of these things, gold and silver, just wondering, sometimes would those people have thought the gates of hell were outside of their, outside of the presence of the Lord? It's just a thought. I'm not dogmatic on it. But I'm wondering, do they think outside of the pillars of Hercules, you go out to the far ends of the earth? The gospel was to be preached to the far ends of the earth. You know what the Romans called the British Isles? To the end of the earth. Optimum thun. So here we have great sailing voyages going to Tarsus. Tarsus is linked with islands. Now notice this. Psalm 72. Tarsus is linked in verse 10. The kings of Tarsus... And of the isles shall bring presents, and the kings of Sheba and Seba shall offer gifts. Here again in Isaiah 60 and verse 9 says, Surely the isles shall wait for me on the ships of Tarsus. If you go, well, it's moved now. I was over a couple of years ago looking for it, but it's moved to some gallery now. But if you go over to London, there used to be an ancient map that showed us where Tarsus was. And Tarsus was in the islands north and west of Palestine, as the Bible calls it. Tarsus was outside the pillars of Hercules on islands. Tarsus had a great naval fleet. And where it was marked on the map, the Isles of Tarsus, the British Isles. Denise, you have another map there, haven't you? You bring it up. David downloaded this map for me. People on the internet not be able to see this, but here we have the Isles of Tarsus. Britain is linked with Tarsus, the great naval fleet. And what was the song? Rule Britannia. Britannia rules the waves. This great naval fleet will say unto Russia, Art thou come to take a spoil? What do you think you're doing? They'll stand up and they will sail their vessels just as they have sailed their fleet right now into the heart of the Mediterranean. And they will stand up as the ships of Tarsus, they will come against those other nations. So, you can see in this map, Rosh, Meshach, Tubal, Tarsus, Magog, 
Gomer's a little far over, I think, and so is Magog. It should be over this way a little. Now we look at Togarma. We miss Togarma. Togarma is Turkey, by the way. Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, Turkmenistan, all of those Turkish-related uh, peoples. It is Britain who has the young lions. It says all the young lions are off. Funny, I, I was reading, doing more study into this, and I found uh, an old writing that actually says it means for all the lions that sprung out of Tarsus. What are the young lions that sprung out of Tarsus? Britain, their symbol is a lion. This great naval fleet, these islands that are outside of the pillars of Hercules and their, their, their lion cubs are the commonwealth nations, the nation and the company of nations that was prophesied to Ephraim. And that is what the Isles of Tarsus are, the British Isles. America or Kith and Kin will also be involved, obviously, with the fifth fleet, as we said in Bahrain. You see it all coming together? See what God's word says and how true it is. Let me go a little further then. We're told that when we look at our, our nations as it were today, gathered around. Here's a little thought for you. We mentioned Libya. Did you know that on this month alone, it was the 26th, what's that, three days ago, four days ago, that the Progressive Socialist Party of the Ukraine, they're known as horsemen. The Ukraine, the Cossacks, that the Progressive Socialist Party of the Ukraine has awarded the Libyan leader, Muhammad Gaddafi, an honorary title for his fight against the Western powers four days ago. China and Russia have for years now been doing joint military exercises, two communist powers doing joint military exercises, and they call it the Shanghai Cooperation. Listen to this. On the 14th of this month alone, China calls for the boosting of strategic partnership with Russia. The kings of the east from Revelation chapter 16. Moldova, that is in Romania, one of their satellite, former satellite countries of Russia, welcomed on the 23rd of February last year the U.S. ballistic missile defense system into Moldova. They're getting afraid. They're scared of Russia moving toward them also. Here is something that we'll ponder on for a few minutes before we close. We're told that, the, that, that there will be a second movement of Russia. Verse 11 of Ezekiel 38 and thou shalt say, notice, I will go up. Now, Jerusalem's to the south. I will go up, he says, to the land of where unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at west and dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls, having neither bars nor gates. Now, this cannot be Jerusalem, for there is a great big giant wall the whole way through it. And he goes up the way. Where does he go up? Well, I'm going to say something might stir a few people and disagree with me, but I'll say it anyway. He goes up over the North Pole and he goes into the regions of Alaska and Canada. Why on earth would they want to go up there? I'll tell you why. From the ice pole, the pole caps are melting. They have found billions and trillions 
of gallons, what would be barrels of oil under the North Pole, right in the Arctic Circle. They have found trillions of pounds worth lying under the ground and already their submarines have planted a Russian flag in Canadian waters. Now, here's something up to date for you. This is only in the last year or two and right up to date. The second thought of going up to land of unwalled villages. If you can imagine the circular size of the top of the earth and the top of it being the Arctic Circle. And up comes Canada and up comes Russia from this side. And all the snow cap in the middle that's melting. Notice all the Scandinavian countries, all of the same kith and kin and bloodstock. Notice this. Listen to what, it, what I've, I've sourced out. Norway has moved its operational command headquarters to where? The Arctic Circle. Recently purchased, it recently purchased 48 Lockheed F-35 fighter jets for Arctic patrols. Norway did. Denmark moved 7,000 troops to a base up in the Arctic Circle for joint military exercises. Sweden held maneuvers with 12,000 of its troops. 50 aircraft and several warships have now sailed up toward the Arctic Circle. 7,000 troops joint of a joint military exercise from 13 different nations, Scandinavian and likewise, in which they had a fictional, a fictional country called Northland that seized offshore oil rigs. Here we had America and Canada and Denmark and Norway, all members of the NATO, what's called the Block Article 5. And also brought into it recently further is Finland and Sweden. And this is what the Block Article 5 says, that all of them are obliged to render military help and assistance to any other member when requesting help bringing Britain in with them also. Every one of them have made this article up. As Russia moves over, just as Ezekiel said, they'll come to take what's under the ground and these peoples will move against them. Art thou come to take a spoil? Thank you for your attention. It's amazing. I'm coming to a close. Canada is budgeting hundreds of millions of dollars to build an Arctic military training center in Resolute Bay and has already built new warships to move in. The United States Air Force Commander Lieutenant General Dana Atkins spoke of, his words are, the importance of having a strong military presence in the Arctic Circle and the military's reaction to continuing coastal flights by the Russian Air Force. Russian Air Force are starting to fly over them. Starting to provoke them. We're coming. We're coming. And now the United States says, well, so are we. This is all recent happening. Pentagon recently held its Northern Edge War Games in Alaska. Situated between Russia and Canada. And within a good part of the Arctic Circle, it sent up 9,000 troops with warships and planes. Listen, Russia held large-scale submarine drills under the Arctic Circle caps, which included several nuclear-powered submarines. 
under the Arctic Circle. The role of Canada is to serve, this is the words of Rick Bozoff from the Center of Research on Globalization. The role of Canada is to serve as either bait on a trap or an agent provocateur to trigger a confrontation with Russia. Canada, with a population of 33 million, would then be portrayed as a small and defenseless victim of resurgent Russian imperialism. Notice that, friend. All in the Arctic Circle. What does Revelation 16 say? It's taken it to the kings of the whole world. That's the world you live in, not just the Middle East. China is at odds with America over Taiwan, who are pro-Western. And America wants to arm Taiwan. China says, you arm them. We'll not buy any of your debt. And America needs somebody to buy their debt. And America says, you do that, we'll call it... Uh, we, will, we will call it a declaration of war. China, kings of the east. Friend, our world is upside down. You know what Canada means? What does Ezekiel 38 say? Go to the land of unwalled villages. You know what Canada means? Look it up on wiki answers in case you think I'm lying. It means either villages or unprotected settlements. God's word over 2,000 years ago, 2,700 or so years ago says, you will go up over to the place of unprotected villages. And they will say, art thou come to take us, boy? World War III, the battle of the great day of God Almighty is at hand. Now here's the good news. And we're closing with this. I told you it was a big subject, didn't it? You still with me? Here's the good news. Jesus, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords, is coming soon. The only hope for the entire planet. Listen to this. Joel chapter 2, verses 28 to 32 says, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord. Isn't that fantastic? I believe that God is going to pour out a spirit of revival in our nation again before he comes. Before we're all wiped out and lost forever, friend. Listen to what he says. And it shall come to pass, our brother mentioned it tonight, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Matthew 24 and 22. Except those days shall be shortened. There shall be no flesh saved but for the elect. God said. If Jesus doesn't come. This world will turn into a smoking cinder. and Floating around this very universe. But the Bible says that the earth abideth forever. And Jesus will return again in power and great glory. Oh and he will gather his elect from the four winds of the earth. Are you saved, friend? Are you born again of the Spirit? Listen to this as my final point. Zechariah, final scripture, verse four, chapter 14 and verse 3. And the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations. You know what's going to happen? We're going to be almost beat. It's going to be almost wiped out. 
No more hope or arms left. And the Lord will appear. And he will go forth and fight. He's coming to do it. And he will go forth and fight against those nations. Listen, and his feet. The feet of Jesus. The feet that were nailed to the tree. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives. And the prince will walk in the eastern gate as it were. He will rule and reign the nations with a rod of iron. Told you could do that all month, didn't it? You know your only hope is the Lord Jesus Christ. You know the only hope of Britain is the Lord Jesus Christ. The only hope of the world is the Lord Jesus Christ. I none but Christ can satisfy. No other name for me there's love and life and lasting joy. Lord Jesus find in thee.